0: Well, let's talk about money laundering. It has now also come up in the federal election campaign because Conservative leader Andrew Scheer has promised to hold a national public inquiry if elected. Now, the B.C. government, of course, called for a public inquiry into money laundering last spring after three independent reports in this province found that illegal money was distorting the provincial economy, driving up house prices, fueling the overdose crisis. Attorney General David Eby says he is pleased that money laundering has become an issue of debate during this federal election campaign.
1: We're becoming internationally known for this. We need to address it quickly. Uh, I think that all parties should be concerned about this and that it should be a point of debate uh, during the election about how parties can respond best and how the federal government can respond best to this because that debate will bring forward good suggestions for how to
0: address this issue in B.C. Now, this issue has also come up at the annual convention, the Union of BC Municipalities, where city councillors and mayors from all over the province gather to talk about issues that they feel strongly about. And as I said, money laundering has come up. David Eby says he has been hearing that municipalities would like more help when it comes to this issue. And that's what we're going to talk about right now. Richmond Councillor Kelly Green joins us in studio to discuss this. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I understand you did talk about this yesterday, What were the concerns that you wanted to bring up from Richmond? Um, Just that we're really
1: limited in the amount of response that we're able to do as a municipality. Um, We're frontline on what's happening in our community. We know that it's a big problem. We can see it. Um, But we're limited in the tools that we have at our disposal. We're doing the best we can with what we've got. Um, We're hiring um, a record level of RCMP. We're hiring another 51 members um, plus support staff and um, doing the best we can with our bylaws. But we need help from other levels of government to be able to, um, really effectively address this situation.
0: In what ways do you see it? What kind of things are visible in Richmond? Um, well, obviously the house prices. Um, a lot of the kinds
1: of houses that are being built as well, it's quite obvious what kinds of houses are being built for um, the the purpose of speculation and, and money laundering, um, and um, which houses are being built for people to live in. Um, so, so there's that visible aspect. Then there's the invisible aspect where we've got um, our Chamber of Commerce identifying housing as a top issue for um, a concern of all their business members, um, being able to reta- uh, attract and retain um, crucial employees. You can't have a business without employees. Um, so, so we're really, we're struggling. We're, we're, we're trying, um, but money laundering is a, a major international issue. Issue is well with, you know, beyond the scope of what a city can deal with. And so we're looking for um, backstops from the provincial and the federal governments.
0: In, in what ways? What kind of backstops are you talking about and what would they do?
1: Um, we'd like to see, um, in, you know, more investigations. Obviously, we've heard a lot about the Silver International case and, and what's come from that. And hopefully there's been some uh, learning experiences that have happened. Um, so more investigations. we um, uh, we can't investigate international crime at at a city detachment. That's not something that that can happen. Um, so so there's that aspect. The other aspect is um, regulations. So we've also got that that aspect of the the money service business, which is facilitating a lot of these transactions. Um, and so we need more help in how we can regulate that. The city is limited in how it can re- regulate businesses and how they operate. Um, when you get into things like requiring FinTrack registration and things like that, that has to come from other levels of government. We can't do that; it's not in our purview. We're not right. allowed to do that. So, um,
0: so if somebody wants to open up like a currency business in Richmond, you can't. Richmond can't say, "Well, wait a minute, what kind of currency business?" And we want to make sure you have all the proper regulations to do this. You can't do that.
1: We we can make sure that they follow the city bylaws and having um, you know a safe workplace, but we can't require them to register with FinTrack, for example, because right now registering with FinTrack is something that is recommended um, but is not a law um, by the federal government. So um, we're we're just we're looking for help. we're We're hoping that more stringent regulations are going to be coming um, for the different kinds of businesses and and the different investigations. Um, we've been hearing about um, you know, the bulk cash transactions are coming down in casinos, but now we're seeing luxury car sales go through the roof and they're being exported elsewhere as a kind of currency. so.
0: So if you, if somebody in Richmond, like on council or within the city sees something or knows of something that's going on, can, is there no mechanism then for council to go to your local RCMP detachment and say, we'd like this investigated? Um,
1: Absolutely. And, and, you know, I, you know, we've talked with our detachment and, and they do have good dialogue with other levels of government. Um, I don't know. I don't know at the provincial level or the federal level how aggressive they're being in these kinds of investigations. I'm hoping they're being very, you know, aggressive, and I hope that whenever we um, send information to them, that it's being um, added to whatever file it happens to be. But um, uh, we we just we need we need more regulations in place, more transparency. Um, And um, that's the kind of partnership I'm hoping for.
0: Obviously, casinos have been singled out as a big problematic issue, and Richmond has one of the biggest (laughs) with River Rock. Have you heard of issues cropping up with that over the years? Um, uh, So, uh,
1: you know, I'm a a new councillor, so I haven't been privy to conversations that have happened before, but we have recently been doing a lot of um, letter writing and um, talking with um, other levels of government to to try to, you know, recognize the level of problem that we're having. Um, on the plus side, a lot of the regulations that have been coming in, as they've been coming in, have had a measurable impact. And so um, we are seeing improvements. But you know, I, I always say that money is like water and it flows through the cracks. So we really need to know where those cracks right. are and how to prevent and stop those flows of money. Because um, those flows of money, it's not like money laundering is some victimless crime. It's not a, a white collar crime. Oh, somebody laundered some money. No big deal it's the end destination for the proceeds of crime people have been hurt criminal activity has taken place and this is money laundering this is criminals trying to make their money acceptable in society
0: what about the zoning issue then you mentioned housing that sometimes you can tell sometimes when a house is being built to be speculated or flipped or whatever as opposed to a family living there is there nothing in terms of zoning that the city can do about that Um, well, it's a single family home
1: zone, right? So you can have, um, an identical lot. And in one, you have, um, a house that is clearly built in a very interesting kind of way. And on the other, it's built, um, obviously for a family and a family immediately moves in. Um, we can't tell people the style of their houses. Um, they, those houses could be the same size, right? Um, they might have different features. One might have a lot of security cameras. I'm just going to put that out there, but, um sounds to me like <laughs> <laughs> Councillor Green you have
0: seen this kind of thing before so heavy duty security systems kind of raise the alarm on that
1: one. uh yeah i know i've done a, have done a lot of uh door knocking and walking through neighborhoods and there's you know the occasional neighborhood and it's just it's really sad there'll be like two or three houses on a on a street that'll have uh, occupants and you can tell they're vacant you can tell that these are luxury homes that have been locked up and um, Lots just of security. Left. Yeah. You see, you see a lot of those little bubbles on the corners of the, the buildings or by the front door and stuff. So, um,
0: does that immediate when you see that you go, okay, what, like what's going on there? Um, like there's security. Lots of people have the nest or whatever, yeah, right? A lot of people do. But do you think sometimes you're going, well, there's more going on there?
1: Um, yeah, I, I try not to speculate too much on that. I, 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 there's, there's so many pieces of this puzzle that are, that are moving pieces right now. Um, uh, you know, but I, I think that a lot of the transparency, um, part of what the 30 point, uh, housing plan is going to be doing. I think that's going to help a lot, um, with the real estate. So, um, if we can know who owns these houses and we can know that they're vacant, um, we can, we can go a lot farther.
0: So with all the talk then about money laundering, all the crackdowns, all the reports, the public inquiry coming up, do you think that's helped at all? I think it has helped. I think having
1: this public dialogue is um, really important because I I think that it was um, really swept under the rug and and it was um, minimized, um, but the the lived effects of it were were real. And so when we're acknowledging that this is happening, um, has happened and is happening, um, we can actually make progress because if you deny a problem, you're never going to get towards a solution.
0: Uh, Now, what kind of response did you get from the provincial government on this
1: I think that they're very positive and that they're working uh, very quickly um, towards um, important steps. So, um, one of them being the transparent ownership registry, um, and I think that that's going to be um, a big uh, part of that. Um, Do you and think I think that's
0: going to be an issue in Richmond. People no longer nonberg companies. You have to show us who owns all this property. Exactly, and
1: and not having those straw purchasers where it's right. like, oh, um, a student just bought a three million dollar house. Yeah. Um, realistically, it's not the student's house.
0: You think that'll make a difference then, when that when that comes in?
1: I, I'm hopeful because the thing is too is like the, that. Not only is it increasing the house prices, it's displacing residents, um, but it's really eroding the, the sense of community. When you're living on that street with like two or three people in the you know the home, yeah, um, or in a condo block where half of them are empty, like where is that sense of community and safety? And so um, I think we can do a lot better. And you know, if one of the ways that we Um, uh, tackle this is increasing um, vacancy taxes. I would be personally very happy to see that because there is a real cost to our community. Do you think Richmond needs that? Vancouver's got an empty homes tax. Does Richmond need one of those? I would love it. Um, we have talked about it uh, in council and it was not uh, passed forward. Um, so um, it's something that I think is is really important. It's one of the tools that we need, um, not just to try to reduce the vacancy rate um, uh, and, or sorry, improve the vacancy rate, but also to recoup some of those costs. And, and those costs are, um, you know, uh, People feel unsafe. The the community, you know, sense of community is eroded. But then you also get people that say that they are residents when they might only be here um, a very short time of the year, and then they would be accessing really expensive services like healthcare and um, education that they haven't been contributing to. But you and I, we're here and we're declaring all our income. We're paying fully into those systems.
0: So with an empty homes tax, and that gives you one more tool. Like in Vancouver to figure out who's here and who's not here.
1: Exactly, and then maybe we can get some affordable housing. Like we don't have, um, we don't have the ability to really get a lot of um, money through. Um, our you know our existing systems for affordable housing it's not really supposed to be our jurisdiction in, yeah. in cities our, our, the city is supposed to be about land use and infrastructure um, and it's really morphed into a lot more with um, a homeless crisis um, you know addictions and and um, money laundering issues and all these kinds of things so we're trying to tackle a lot more than what is our mandate um, it's important i believe in it um, but we need very strong partnerships with other levels of government
0: All right, Councilor Green, thank you for being with us today. Thank you very much. That's Kelly Green, Richmond City Councilor.